Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who do to you? Do to those who ask him. Therefore, whatever you want man to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is Matthew 7, verses 7 through 12. In verses 7, well actually just in verse 7. We we are to ask. We're told to always have discussion to to have communication with God in every instant of our lives you were also told to in the in the uh, sermon on the mount in the prayer to thank God for the things that he gives us we're told to forgive others And we ask God to forgive us. We are told to ask for those things that we need. If you want to know something, you have to go look for it. If it's in the Bible, you've got to read it. If it's knowledge that's gained by someone else, You've got to go read what they wrote or talk to them. You know, things just in the modern age do not come to us by osmosis over the airwaves without us having to do something to get them. If you want to know how to fix a really old oil well that's been in production for a hundred years... I'm the guy you want to come talk to. I fixed a whole bunch of them. I've also plugged a bunch of them because they wouldn't pay for repairing them. If you want to know something about air handling, I understand that Allison's the one you want to talk to because she's got her engineering degree and that's what she works on. If you want to know something about diesel mechanics, we got one back here. And what do you need to do? If you need to know something about them, maybe even whether it's worth fixing or not, you could call him and ask him. You got to do some work if you want to know something. If you want to know something about driving buses, we got somebody that teaches people how to do that. 
or whether they really want to do that. (laughs) But that means you have to put forth some effort. Because, look, over the years I have figured out that if I start talking about the work that I did when I was working, usually in about 15 seconds my wife's eyes are totally glazed. And I suspect that most of you I can glaze your eyes, even if you're really interested, depending on what your level of faking it is, I can probably get you go glass-eyed in about a minute or two unless you really have some questions that you're really asking and I'm really answering them instead of going into so much detail that you are just totally And that's just the facts. It's important for us to ask God for those things that we need, for those things that we want, both for ourselves and for others. There's two things that we've got to remember here. One, we must ask. That does one thing for us, for sure, and that's it makes us remember that God is number one and He's the provider. We're not doing it ourselves. Okay? We must believe that God will give us those things that we ask for. We also need to remember that sometimes God's going to tell us no. And sometimes later, maybe like the Garth Brooks song, we may need to thank God for unanswered prayers. Maybe you don't know that song, but that was a good song in my book. In Matthew, the 21st chapter, starting with the 18th verse, it says, Now in the morning as he returned to the city, he was hungry. And seeing a fig tree by the road, he came to it and found nothing on it leaves. And he said to it, Let no fruit grow on you ever again. Immediately the fig tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither away so soon? So Jesus answered and said to him, Surely I say to you, if you have faith, And do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also if you say to this mountain, be removed and cast into the sea, it will be done. And whatever things you ask in prayer, believing, you will receive. It's important to ask God for those things that we want, for those things that we need, both for ourselves and for others. I'm reiterating here. But we've got to believe. That God's going to do this for us. Look. Most of you know. That if you want to work at it hard enough. You can move a mountain. Into a valley. With the use of dynamite. And the use of heavy equipment. Now there's a lot of work involved. And with a lot of persistence and a lot of expense, 
and a lot of heavy earth moving, you can get it done. God can cause an earthquake and get it done momentarily. Although, let's be honest, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be around when God's doing that. Okay? Just just say it. In or what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? If he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Now, what's he talking about here? I, I love my kids. And I love my grandkids. And some of you can understand the loving your kids part, and some of you can understand the loving your grandkids part, and some of you will get it one of these days. But I think all of you know that your parents or your grandparents, if you ask them for something and you really need it, they'll move heaven and earth to get you what you need. As long as you're doing your part. Now, probably not going to get you a Bentley just so you can have a Bentley to drive. That's a car for those of you who don't know that. That's a brand of car and it's really expensive. When a Ford would work just fine. Okay? Let's, let's, let's understand that not all luxuries but we will get those things that we really need to have. If you need food, they're going to give you the food that you need. And they're not going to give you things that are bad for you. Now, there's indications that the word that they used for serpent here may in fact have been an eel. And I don't know if you've ever seen an eel or not. I, sus- I know that the Chinese people tend to eat them, but most other people think of eels, those slimy, slithery creatures, as something they don't even want to be around. So think of that when you think of a serpent, or, or perhaps like where I grew up, you think of it as a rattlesnake. Because I tell you, I've had somebody hold a rattlesnake that they dipped out of the lake over towards me with a in a dip net. And I'm telling you, it will make you just about want to get out of the boat. It's no fun if somebody, if you're asking for a fish and somebody tries to hand you a rattlesnake. And, and I can vouch for the fact that those rattlesnakes can swim on a lake. So, if you being evil, oh, by the way, evil. I looked that up in the interlinear Bible because I have one. And I I don't know Greek, so please don't think I've done anything other than just some studying. But I found the word that was translated as evil. And then I went to Thayer's, which I happen to have a copy of. I guess Mike does too from his sermon this morning. And I don't even know the Greek alphabet good, so I had a hard time finding letter by letter 
I got it. Okay? And it turns out that the word for evil indicates one who is continuously doing bad things, which basically means what all of us do. It's not that we're what we think of as evil, like somebody who is really trying to hurt everybody and do things like that, but we just aren't good. And there's none of us who are always good. So we all qualify as being evil. So if we, being somebody that's not always doing good, know how to give good gifts to our kids or grandkids whom we love, how much more do you think God, who is good, always is going to be able to give good gifts to you to fulfill your needs if you're asking and you're trying. I don't know about you, but I do know how I was raised. And as long as I was working hard, my dad tried to give me everything I needed. And trust me, if I got lazy and wasn't doing my part, the things that I needed to be doing, suddenly I had to go find a job and do things if I even wanted spending money. I don't know, maybe the rest of you haven't been done that way. But I was. And it's important for us to recognize that we've got to do our part if we expect God to give us those things that we need. He may love us, but He's not afraid to punish us. Just like when you love your kids, you're not afraid to punish them or to withhold things from them that are deemed luxuries, if you will. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. For this is the law and the prophets. This is important for us to understand. It's important for us to recognize that our desires for how we want people to, be, to treat us, it's important for us to treat them the same way or better. In Luke, the sixth chapter, which is a companion passage, if you will, and I put a bunch more of it in here which covers some of the same stuff that some of the other people are going to be covering but I've got to read through about I wanted it in context so there you go in the 27th verse he starts off but I say to you you who hear love your enemies do good to those who hate you bless those who curse you and pray for those who spitefully use you to him who strikes you on one cheek offer the other also And from him who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who asks of you. And from him who takes away your goods, do not ask them back. And just as you want men to do to you, do to them likewise. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. 
And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive back as much. But love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great. And you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father is also merciful. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Now, that seems simple, and it is. But it's deep. Think about it this way. It's one thing to say, be kind to somebody else because I want them to be kind to me. It's one thing to say, be encouraging to somebody because I need encouraging from time to time. It's something else to say, hey, I got a problem. And I need to talk to somebody and I need to know. I need to be assured that what I talk to you about is going to be confidential. And for that to be done. Without doubt. At all. It's something else to be willing to go to somebody else and ask them for help. Simply because you know that they need to provide some help to somebody. How often do you have the ability to help somebody and they won't ask? And you know they need. Are you willing to do that to somebody else? To go and ask for their help when it might even be a bit of a hindrance for them to come and help you? But they need you can tell that they need to do something for somebody else? How often do you open yourself up to other people and visit with them or care about them and yet you're doing it because you know they need to share love with somebody? They need to care about somebody. And so we open up to one another. That's part of what Christians do for one another. It's not always an easy thing to do. We're told to confess our sins to one another. And yet, how often do we even really get into deep philosophical discussions with one another? Because we're afraid of offending. We're afraid of concerning. Or we're afraid somebody else might think less of us. We've got to build relationships with one another just like we have with God where there is full implicit trust. And the only way to do that is to continually build trust with each other.
And that takes a lot of work. That takes a lot of asking. That takes a lot of seeking. It takes a lot of knocking. And it takes a huge amount of love. Today's lesson has not been for showing somebody how to become a Christian. It's been to show you what's really needed to become one, to to be one. And if there's something that we can do to help you, to pray for you, if, if you've decided that you want to be baptized, if there's something else that we can do to help you, won't you come as together we stand and as we sing?